Pints and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. What have we become? A podcast. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. Welcome, listeners, old and new, to week two of the Max Fun Block Party. Reminder, you can find all of the shindigs and goings-on over at MaximumFun.org forward slash block party. I'm the howdy boy, Hal Lublin, Oh, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, Day of Kelkening, Lindsay Kelk. The Day of Kelkening is upon us, truly. Truly it is. (laughs) Everybody run. (laughs) Or at least cats. But cats should run towards me and everyone else should run away. Uh, All cats run to Lindsay. Your day has come. Swish your tail. I would like to see the baby. I would like to see the baby. (laughs) As I mentioned, it is the second week of Max Fun Block Party. And since we're welcoming in so many new listeners, we thought it would be best to explain some of the insider bits we've had over the years on Tights and Fights. So when you no doubt go through our catalog, you're not surprised by them. Let's start with uh, maybe a, a quick lexicon. Would that be? <laughs> I believe so, says the wordsmith. I'm so happy that we have bits. Like, I always yeah, forget do. that we have bits, but we do have bits. Such important yeah. bits. We have uh, Ice Cream Christmas. Do you we want do. to explain Ice Cream Christmas ice to everybody? Ice Cream Christmas, I do. I love Ice Cream Christmas. Ice Cream Christmas came from Mike, right? Our beloved open Mike Eagle. Um, That's right. Who explained about WrestleMania feeling like all of the things you love at once, that it's like ice cream at Christmas. So instead of being, you know, the Super Bowl of wrestling, it's our ice cream Christmas. Uh, And I will say one of my tights and fights highlights, like legitimate highlights, was when I went to WrestleMania in New York a couple of years ago and I was filming with ESPN for this short film about being a wrestling Mm -hmm. fan, which turned into something else entirely, but lol, that's another story for another time. Uh, And I was walking around in my tights and fights hoodie and a bunch of people on the floor, floor seats people, you know who you are, you're listening, because you're floor (laughs) seats people, started chanting Ice Cream Christmas. And I don't think I've ever been so happy in my whole life. Like, people listen to the thing we do. Um, So yeah, truly Ice Cream Christmas is, is WrestleMania. That is... Our WrestleMania is our ice cream Christmas. Yes. We also have, I'll, I'll let me explain a couple of these. The Slow Jam <laughs> is from, uh, I believe it was an NXT special. There it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So every time you hear this music, and you never know what I'm going to call for it, things are going to slow down a little bit. They're going to get a little sultry, and they might just get a little sexy. Oh, yeah. Explaining wrestling bits. Where did the music go, Julian? Did I say stop the music? I didn't put... Thank y'all. Thank goodness. Yeah. We're going to explain the show to you. Oh, yeah. The show's going to be explained. Okay, that's enough of that. I can't, I can't take myself doing that anymore. One day there will be a whole show, though. One day there will be a whole slow jam show. <laughs> Another segment from early in the show uh, where a, a cis het white Jewish man learns about cultures other than his own is a segment we call a Hal Gets Woke, which we haven't done in a while. Does that um, mean you're, you're fully woke now? Are you awoken? Never. You're, you're never. Woke, it is a constant. Hal Lovelin? <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, when it started was when I learned about uh, Lift Every Voice. I was not aware of, I didn't know what Juneteenth was. 
nor did I know about Lift Every Voice, which is so much better than the Star Spangled Banner. Well, <laughs> it is the yeah. only national anthem that uh, that moves my heart. But yes, that is that is a segment and an ongoing theme of the show is learning tolerance and learning understanding and learning about equality and calling it out when it's not happening. Empathy. So, we love empathy. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm very proud to be the canary in the coal mine for a lot of other people who maybe just don't even think about it. You know, racism doesn't have to be an active thing. It can be institutionally built, built in and we just have to recognize it and uh, rage, rage against the dying of the light. Lindsay. Yes. Another segment we have or a, a whole other show and franchise is Tap and Titles. <laughs> yes. I feel like you're better equipped to explain that than I am. Tap and Titles is something I feel very passionately about. The origins of Tap and Titles, which really has just taken on a life of its own, was Danielle explaining how when you are doing kissing on someone who wears glasses and you also wear glasses, you would be like mm-hmm. tapping tap in spectacles. Um, so you like, you know, your frames would meet, yeah. which evolved into when two wrestlers who have a championship belt each might do kissing or maybe more. I don't know. This yeah. is an adult podcast for adults. Maybe they're doing more than kissing. Maybe they're doing grown up hugs. Uh, their titles would tap <laughs> in the most beautiful, yeah. wholesome way. So that's yeah. basically where tapping titles came from. So, for example, when Candice had a belt and Johnny had a belt, they may or may not have tapped titles, and now we're getting a baby Gargano. Uh, and if you would mm-hmm. like to go back to the episode and work out where I did the math on uh, establishing whether or not baby Gargano was conceived during a tapping titles session because they were both champions, I invite you to do so. Uh, it was an overstep of my boundaries with that couple whom I do not know. But I, I believe having done some very basic pregnancy math, it's entirely possible. So we may have our first ever title tap in baby, to the best of our knowledge, uh, on its way. Yes. Uh, another term that comes from from Lindsay directly is Tony and Vince's dollies. You want to talk about that? No. <laughs> Fair enough. Um Briefly, very briefly, is this is the idea of billionaires who own billionaires or millionaires. Vince is only a millionaire, right? Uh, Tony Mm. Khan, billionaire. Vince McMahon, millionaire. And yet somehow one is more like than the other. But it's the idea of these gentlemen, to be polite, just sitting around with their wrestlers, treating them like dollies, playing action figures, playing Toy Story with human beings to create their storylines. And let's be real, favoring some dollies over others. Uh, they're not dollies. They're peoples. Let's treat them as such. Well, I think everybody can relate to when you're a kid yeah. and you have all your toys. You make them play with one another. Yeah. You set them up and and whatever your version of that is, all valid. Yeah. But you have one that's your favorite. Yeah. Mine was a beanbag turtle Aww. who sits, who who is who I have. I brought Aww. back from Philadelphia this summer <laughs> to, to be in my care for, to be in perpetual care. Fair. I mean, it, it's an analogy that works perfectly with wrestling because of how sometimes you would get a new dolly and that would become your favorite dolly and then occasionally that dolly would retain its favorite position and sometimes Mm -hmm. it would fade into the background you would go back to your other favorite dollies and i think that rings true for wrestling sometimes the new dolly is shinier and brighter and more fun but then in the long run it doesn't pay off as well as the original dollies and you go back to the og dollies it works out whether it's lego figures or action figures or beanbag turtles Go wild, kids. And it applies to wrestling well, because the concept of wrestling is that behind the scenes, somebody is saying, you're going to fight him or her, and you're going to win. And then later on, he or she, is or they, are going to beat you. Yep. 
everything is has been predetermined and scripted. Yeah. So there is that same element of essentially you are playing yeah. dollies. There is a scene in an early-ish episode of Family Guy, I want to say, where the rock mm-hmm. it does a cut cutaway to a live action scene of the rock playing with action figures of the Family Guy characters. I think they're supposed to be doing it. So it's like here is the rock simulating sex with the two characters and it is just the rock sat in front of a table full of family guy action figures banging them together tapping their titles if you will sure and every time we talk about this i think of that scene and i'm like this is it a grown man with his dollies sat in a room plotting out (laughs) storyline when you have two larger than usual people fighting one another then you know it's big boy season (laughs) generally big boy season is over the summer it feels like I know. Well, it is, but it's also all the time. It's always it's big, always boy, big season. boy season in our hearts. It's like Christmas, right? It's mm-hmm. like Christmas is forever if it's in your heart. Big boy season is, is forever in our hearts. Big meaty men slapping meat. That's what we love about yes. big boy season. And also Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid, is secretly Cookie Monster. But more on that later. Of course, we're also welcoming not only a bunch of new listeners to the show, but also people who may be getting into wrestling in general. And with so much wrestling on TV and online, it can be hard to know where to start. So figured we could give you some recommendations of things that we saw this week that might be worth your attention. Lindsay. Yes. Is there something that you saw this week? A single moment that you think might be a good in for someone who just like, I want to start. I want to start with something new. What can yes. I watch this week? I am going to talk about one thing now. There's another huge thing that happened, but I want to talk about it at the end of the show. That's what I'm going to put over. We'll talk about that, which we do at the end. You'll hear all about mm-hmm. it. So exciting. Uh, but one thing I definitely, definitely, definitely want to talk about was the Sasha Becky on SmackDown last week. Becky looking for the manhandle slam. Roll up by Bank. Shoulders down and a kick out again. Near fall after near fall in this one. Backstabber, Banks looking for the bank statement. Sasha's got it in, this time in the ring. Oh my God, did you see that match? If you didn't, go check it out. It's a really, really good match to watch, whether you know anything about it or not, because it was fucking great. Could I be more excited to have Becky Lynch back in the ring? No, no, I couldn't. I'm trying, I'm sat here right now thinking about it. Not possible. She just brings that secret sauce, man. She is the seasoning that mixes everything up and makes everything more spicy and exciting. She's so good. So odd to think that that of the four horsewomen, being Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, and Bailey, that Bailey, who was the last one to be called up from yeah. NXT, always seemed like she was sort of like the 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 underdog who was going to be the greatest of them all. Mm-hmm. But really, it was Becky who was so, who was always solid, yeah. but had never really had a breakout. Like the crowd liked her. She wore a lot of goggles. <laughs> she danced like a leprechaun sometimes. I mean, she danced like a leprechaun. Everything was a pun. Yeah. She just becomes the hottest thing in wrestling. Yeah. And I think it's really, I mean, everyone's always desperate to say who was the breakout? Who was the big success? And what I love about it is all four of those women have been hugely fucking successful. And there's Absolutely. room for everyone. Everyone got pie. Uh, there's pie for all. But if you're, mm-hmm. you know, push comes to shove, you're going to say, well, Charlotte's the big one because she's the one that's got the machine behind her. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe. But to me, she is not the best of the four. But what I love is the best of the four does move around and there's room for everyone. And, you know, for a long time, everyone was very much that Sasha was going to be the greatest wrestler of all time, the greatest women's wrestler, the greatest women's wrestler. And I think Sasha is an incredible talent. But I also think Sasha has a weakness on the mic. Um, mm-hmm. And 
you know, she kind of comes and goes a little bit. And like we said, Sasha always comes back on Rusev Day. Sasha goes, Sasha comes back. Sasha goes, Sasha comes back. Um, <laughs> and that's, to me, a weakness in her character building, that it, it's harder mm-hmm. to get momentum going for her. But it's awesome yeah. that she's doing stuff outside of wrestling. And I'm really excited for her to be part of the Star Wars universe. Bailey is incredible. Heal Bailey. None of us knew it. None of us knew we needed it. She has mm-hmm. fucking aced it um, beyond anything I could have predicted. But Becky, to me, out of all of them, is the whole package. She can do anything. You can put her in any situation and she'll do it. She'll figure it out. She'll make it worth yeah. your time. But yeah, I love that everyone got pie. The four pie women. I mean, the four pie women. Yeah. Yeah. The four it's pie women incredible. of the pie. Uh, more pie. More pie for all. They also spread the pie around. That's the thing. Like Bianca now right up there with them. It's not like, oh, and they're letting Bianca play. They're like, come on in, Bianca. The water's fine. We have room for you. We baked an extra pie. I love it. I love it. <laughs> She's recently ranked number one PWI's uh, list of... So good. Of whatever whatever random list they're, they put together. Yeah. I don't know if it was female wrestler specifically. <laughs> oh, the clickbait rage list? Uh, the PWI uh-huh. 500 clickbait rage reasons to tweet today list? Yeah. I don't engage with you it know, because that's what it is. <laughs> um... But I'm pleased for anyone who was pleased with their position on it because I want people to have nice things. You know, when I was a kid and the PWI Top 500 came out, you just read it and went, oh, okay. Because we had no internet. We had no internet. Imagine no not internet. being able to read something, have an opinion on it, and then take that opinion uh, and just go on the internet and fucking destroy someone else's day with it. Because Imagine. their opinion is slightly different to yours, even though you both love the same thing. What a world! What a crazy yeah. world. Thank goodness the technology <laughs> exists to allow us all to weaponize our personalities. Yay! How great is that? <laughs> now, I'm not conflicted, but I'm frustrated. Tell me why, Hal. Tell me why. Yesterday, WWE held one of their, I think they have a 900-year contract. I, I believe with... it is. Um, it's actually, they took the boilerplate from the Scientology Sea Org contract. Mm-hmm. So it is actually lifetime uh, and all lifetimes. So it's billion years. Yeah. Yeah. They have a contract with the royal family of Saudi Arabia to come and produce a show at least once a year, that being Crown Jewel. And that is a show where they pull out all the stops, they fill a huge arena, and then we can watch it on television if we want. And for the weeks leading up to it, we get a buildup for this one-off pay-per-view, which exists in canon, but also feels weirdly out of place with the the long-term stories they're telling. I think I watched maybe the first or set, like out of curiosity. Yeah, yeah I definitely and then watched realized, the first like, one, I think. A way for me to not support this, even if it makes no difference to them, for me to not watch it. Yeah. But I still read the results. Yes. And by all accounts, it is maybe the best pay-per-view they've produced this year. <laughs> yes. And reading all the results, it looks like it was booked properly as well. well. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one this year because as you say in the past it's almost been a novelty. It's been like a a, a very fancy house show whereas yeah. it feels like now they've got to the point where it it's just part of the universe now. This year it very much felt like it was it paid off storylines that have been built in previous pay-per-views. It paid off storylines that have been built on the show. I guess they're not doing Hell in a Cell this year, so it was our 
stand-in for Hell in a Cell also in mm-hmm. a way because they had a Hell in a Cell. Oh, you mean TLC? That's what I mean. Um, that's what I mean. Everyone's doing their contractually obliged posting saying, thank you so much, Saudi Arabia. That was amazing. Uh, which makes me feel poorly in my tummy. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this every time. Every year that this has happened, we've talked about it. We are not against the people of Saudi Arabia. I am pumped for all the little girls in Saudi Arabia to get to see wrestling. I remember talking about this with my friend who, someone I used to know, I'm reaching to call him a friend, bless him. Uh, He's sat at home going like, (laughs) no. Uh, Someone who used to work at WWE who no longer works there anymore. And he was telling me after the first one saying, oh, we will have women wrestling there in the next five years. And I was like, well, we shall see about that, sir. And, you know, they did. He at one point asked me if I would be prepared to go and cover it from a journalism perspective. And I declined uh, because I, because no, (laughs) because I I don't know if you all know what they do to journalists and let alone women. So I was like, I'm going to pass, but thanks for proposing it i'm not against the people of saudi arabia i personally am against the regime and what the regime does and how they behave in their actions and that to me is why it's very upsetting for me to see this company full of people that i love and respect and support being made to to some extent a lot of them i guess didn't have choices in the matter uh, i think some people sit out on a moral on moral grounds i cannot imagine how shitty it must be to have to be like, you have to go do this, even though you might not agree with it because your boss told you to. But And they're not the only ones. There are other companies that I support and engage with that take money from the Saudi organizations. And again, it's something you can find out very fucking quickly and you'd be surprised at some of the companies that are taking funding from these people. It's... Greenpeace. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know, I don't know. The so many, person. so many people. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> yes, it Lindsay immediately in a very serious tone. Hopefully the contract won't get renewed after a billion years. Who can say? Hard to tell. But listen, if you have the stomach for that. Sounds like it was great. I'm not going though, to judge you, guys. you. Sounds like it you was might, fucking you might great. Find, yeah, you might find things there that, that pique your interest and help you get into some storylines. Um, I would recommend NXT 2.0, but I watched it. I don't know if it's just that my tolerance is getting higher, but I enjoyed it more this week. Yeah, it was okay. I'm pretty invested in this Mandy Raquel Gonzalez thing because I want this for Mandy. Mm-hmm. It was exciting to see EO wrestle again. I very fucking nearly put over Johnny Gargano <laughs> in the ring introducing his son-in-law because, yes. again, talking to someone who can do no wrong. It's great. Hey. so funny. That's so funny. Hey, man. What? That's your daughter, bro. You're right, you're right. That is my daughter. Oh, and there's my son-in-law. Well, those comments certainly don't sit well with Dexter Loomis. Uh, and I'm excited to see Johnny working with this new with new talent who I think are actually really good. Uh, I love yeah. both of those guys. So. And hey, a quick suggestion to, was it Cora Jade? Yeah. Isn't that her name? Yes. And the production team? If you have a talent who cannot ride a skateboard. Oh, I know. Give them a larger skateboard to ride instead of the smallest possible skateboard yeah. so that they can stand on it. And also, show them how to ride a skateboard. It's flat. They'll be okay. Give it two minutes. They should learn how to do it. I if, mean, that's, if part of my personality is I skateboard and then I show up and I'm standing with my feet in front of each other and barely maintaining balance yeah. while I skate for three feet. We all know for a fact the NXT parking lot is the most dangerous place in the entire world. 
Uh, and she she can't practice her skateboarding. So give her a break, even though it is really upsetting. I think I had that exact skateboard when I was seven. By give her a break, do you mean take the skateboard away? Yeah, I do actually. I really do. They were like, hey, you know that Darby Allen kid? They love him. Let's get one of those, but make it a lady. Um, And they did. And it was unnecessary. She, give her a scooter. Saying, Kids love bird scooters. Give her a bird scooter. Also, this isn't the mid-80s when Back to the Future came out and made skateboards popular to a to a wider group that wasn't aware of thing, the things going on in California. It's also not the early 90s when the Ninja Turtles were skateboarding around a sewer. And it's not the early 2000s when Jackass was made up mostly of skateboarders who would do yeah. skateboarding tricks while smacking each other in the nuts with tasers. So, <laughs> what a time. There's nothing... Like, when I think of, like, what's hot in 2021, I don't think of, like, kids with skateboards no, are all the rage. Give us some strap-on roller skates, like Get Along Gang. Let's go full, let's go full 80s throwback. I want <laughs> I want a Get Along Gang get-along gimmick. Gang. Uh, I want her in strap-on blue and red and yellow Fisher-Price skates uh, mm-hmm. that she can just kick off, like, Matt Riddle's flippy floppies when she gets to the ring. Have her dress as Montgomery Moose and come to the ring. That would be a fucking... There's people at home going, what the fuck are you talking about? And I don't blame them. But check it out, you guys. It's a great show. (laughs) I want to sing the Get Along Gang theme tune, but I'll save that for our next segment. (laughs) Yeah. I do want to extend, by the way, official congratulations to Xavier Woods for becoming King of the Ring. And Selena Vega. Both of them. But Woods, because it's been his lifelong dream. Yeah. And I don't know her. I know him. (laughs) And I sent him a text congratulating him. And appropriately calling him your highness. I don't so, know her, but I do know him. I can text him. But I him. do know him. Yeah, I texted him. Do you want to know? Do we want a list of wrestlers I can text? No. There are two. No. I, I cannot text two. him, we'll but uh, I, I, I could slide into his DMs. But again, that's a story for yeah. another time. I could. D- I have a couple of wrestlers I could DM. I feel like I should just get RJ City's phone number so I can I think it's rude that Arthur we don't pictures. have it. Honestly, I look on Twitter and Never I see asked. people posting their text conversations with RJ and I'm like, it's actually fucking rude. It's actually rude, sir. Um, because sometimes I see things around LA that I think he would enjoy, and I'm like, I'm not sending this to you in DMs. It's just disgraceful. Uh, <laughs> that's not <laughs> what this doing is. it. When I'm in yeah. the uh, UCLA Toluca Lake Healthcare Center, and I bump into uh, 1967's Miss Pennsylvania, who went on to become like a Hollywood actress for 10 seconds, I'm like, he'd enjoy this conversation, and he's not getting it. <laughs> He's not getting it. So that's you heard on us, you, RJ. RJ. You may listen to the show when you're not on it. We don't know. <laughs> he doesn't. You've been served uh, with friendship. Now, of course, there's more quality wrestling around the world that we could ever get to in a single podcast. But thankfully, you've got a whole bunch of people with wrestling recommendations on our Facebook group. So go over there and you can hear more of what we had to say on Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. Links to all of those are in our show notes. Fully immerse yourselves in the nation of conversation. Smart fun people who like a variety of wrestling and are more than happy to help get you involved. When we come back, we're going to break out the music for this block party. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't. Rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. 
So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us, which can now be found in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Al Loveland, and I'm joined today by... Lindsay Kelp. Music is a huge part of wrestling, and we love to take a listen to some of the biggest tracks in wrestling in a segment we call Ringtones. This conversation's over. Play my music. Hit the music. Hit the trumpets. I wish I had a trumpet. I would have hit it. I put a little Xavier Woods pl- playing uh, Francesca there at the end. Burp, 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 burp. King Woods. King Woods. Yes. Put some respect on that, Julian. King Woods. His Royal Highness. I have to feel like I feel like after the Crusades are over, I need to remember who's in charge again. <laughs> Truly. That's right. So we have to confess, it's really weird when wrestlers start singing. The results range from average to terrible, but at least it's usually memorable. Now, lately this has been in the news because The Rock has joined the world of rap saying something other than it doesn't matter like he did in the 2000 Wycliffe Jean single of the same name. But here he is on Tech Nine's Face Off. My veins, my culture banging with strange. I change the game, so what's my motherfucking name? What they're gonna get though? Desecration, like defamation. If you wanna bring it to the masses, face to face, now we escalating. When I have to butt boost the asses. Mean on ya, like a dream. When I'm rumbling, you're gonna scream, mama. So bring drama to the King Brahma. Then to an extreme mana. Brother Tech Nine, <laughs> he actually chugs some of his uh, some of his uh, freaking mes- that Terramana yeah, stuff that he, made, that he makes. Look, it's fine. I'm not going to judge anybody else's flow, but I, I do feel like ooh. listening to it. I'm like, oh, Uncle Jerry knew how to rap. I bet you he could rap back in the day. I listen to him rap. Feel like he has been doing that in the shower. After his mm-hmm. workout for about mm-hmm. eight years. I'm going to put a number. I think it's about eight years. I feel like for the last okay. decade or so in his post-workout, you know, it's like sometimes when you're working out and your brain just zones out and you start thinking weird stuff. Like for me, I would always start like working out my type five. Uh, never done stand up in my life. Never will do stand up in my life. Far too thin skinned. Would literally just sob on the stage, uh, which would be mm-hmm. funny in its own right. But like that's where my brain would go and it would put together like weird stuff. I feel like he's been putting together his brand rap because it's so on fucking brand apart from the swear, which made me very uncomfortable. Um <laughs> Also, he says thank you at the end. It's so brand rock. Like, he's the nicest man who ever said motherfucker in the world. Motherfucker, get off my nuts. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, you, everybody. I love you all. (laughs) Um, Thanks for getting off my nuts. Uh, Buy some Thank you, Tech Nine, brother. It's all about Thank you, everybody. (laughs) We're all equal. We're all God's creations. Thank you. Gonna go play Barbies with my little girls. Like, and then make 18 interchangeable action movies. Eat a tower of pancakes. Black Adam coming out 2023. (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't work it in. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I love Rampage more than is rational. So I will support him in all that he does. But it it makes me very uncomfortable. The gorilla's the hero. Always. Always. The gorilla's always the hero. 
if the gorilla is the bad guy, you have made a bad film and you need to rethink everything and re-edit it to make the gorilla the hero. <laughs> I give you Godzilla versus Kong. Who's the hero? Kong is the hero. Kong is the only one who knows sign language. He's a gentle giant and he just wants to be left alone and hang out with other <laughs> weird creatures on Skull Island. Yeah. But they can't. They keep calling him back and he does it and he makes friends with humans. He's the best. Gorillas forever. Thank you. So there have been a lot of albums put out, especially by WWE, where the talent will partake and they will get involved. Of course, there's Piledriver and WrestleMania, the album, where you get a lot of different tracks. But sometimes wrestlers will go off and make entire albums of their own, like the Macho Man, who put out a, a hardcore rap album, which included this Hulk Hogan diss track. You guys just let me know when you want me to cut this off. Okay. Okay. Never. Okay, you can stop. He does not take a breath for this entire thing. But he's already said he's going to smoke him. You know, I think we all need to send an apology note to John Cena immediately. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. He's not fucking John around. John Cena can legitimately <laughs> rap. Hogan is a dirty word around here, but since we've dissed him, it's and and Macho Man was trying hard to own him. It wasn't as bad as Hogan owning himself with his <laughs> Hulk Hogan and the wrestling boot. Also, I, uh, you have to say, band. just in relation to that Macho Man track, no lies detected. You know, it's like it may not yeah, have been. He tells the truth, right? It's not always about how it was delivered, but it's the fact that the truth was in fact delivered. So it is what it is. Ju- Julian, I'm going to ask you to bring this up while I set it up. This is a song called "Hulkster in Heaven." Uh, this is off of his album. And this is before all the Gawker stuff came out. But it was a good tip that Hulk might not be the best person when he sang a song to a dead child and made it all about himself. Here's a little bit of Hulkster in Heaven. I saw it on TV. I guess it'll be one empty seat. When I wrestle at Wimbledon, I used to tear my shirt. But now you tore my heart. I knew you were a Hulkamaniac right from the very start. Right from the start, you were my friend. Oh my god, the, that MIDI piano going too. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. Okay, so just to be clear. Okay, all right. He said, the child is dead, but when he gets to heaven, they'll tag up again. I think this is a fan who... Oh, my God. This might be a real fan whose family, like, wrote in, and he had... Uh, the fan had died of cancer, like a like a child. Yeah. If it's true, if it's based off if a true story. True. Hulk Hogan lie? <laughs> but yeah. it's, As if. But whether it's true or not, the song is is definitely a lot more about Hulk than it is yeah. about shockingly, the child. Shockingly, that he managed to center it around Terry. Uh, I just and not the he's dead. already <laughs> he set up a t-shirt booth outside of his funeral. Yeah. 
Seriously. Yes. He would want you to buy these well, guys. Well, the t-shirt's $20, but if you want a photo with him, it's 30 So, yeah. But you can just get the photo on its own for 15 But if you're paying 15 for the photo, you may as well get the t-shirt, you know? So, And it's nice to have a memento. That's fucked up. That is, I've never heard that before. Really? I've never heard never that heard before. Never heard that before. And I, I steer clear of Terry and all of his ways. Oh, but this is old. This well, is very and, old. But I'm I think it was definitely when I was not involved. Um, and weirdly, yeah. like obviously Hulk Hogan was huge everywhere and he was huge in the UK, but I don't think he ever like dominated the cultural conversation mm. in the UK like he did in America. Sure. He was just another wrestler. To me growing up, he was just another one of the cast. Like yes. we were way more into like Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man and Shawn Michaels. Like I don't know, I think yeah. because he was probably because he was positioned as the real American, you know, and outside of America yes. we were like, okay, he's just a character. He's not being pushed as like my guy um fuck me that is dark i well i like it's like he heard tears in heaven and then was like yeah but what if i made one about me and it's like yeah, but that was like, his I know kid though Hulk, and that. he's like oddly enough both of those songs by terrible people truly truly and about tragedies yeah about tragedies so sometimes bad things happen to bad people yep not the child. No, sometimes they, and also some things happen innocent, to a is fucking their family, child, but like, you make it about yourself. Yeah. Uh, I want to be clear. Woof. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that Ugh. family, that kid's family is like doing okay. <laughs> I hope that they are able to be like, you know what? It's great that people will always remember and care about our kid and not. If they, if he even exists. If he exists. I mean, I mean yeah, there's every chance he made this shit up. Maybe, I mean, possible. maybe that's the we upside. Maybe that's a, we can put a positive spin on it from that perspective that like a lot, maybe a lot of people were able to take comfort from thinking that Hulk Hogan made a song about I, their specific child yeah. and not just about himself. I want to think that no child had to die for that song to exist, but part of me feels like it actually happened and the, the worst thing is that it happened and he was like, oh, I know what I can do with this. Yeah. Part of me feels like all of us have to die for that song to exist. Like that's how yeah. part of me just died. So that's mm-hmm. how I feel. Uh, yeah. Thanks for I've that. I've had that. <laughs> I've had that zombie part for years. I'm glad to spread it uh, to other people. You know what? People and are no always biting. asking me what I want played at my funeral, and I'm like, at last, I finally have an answer. Uh, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> thank you. The world just lost another Kilgamaniac. <laughs> Oh, we should do a cover of that song yeah. with you singing, yeah. and we'll make, change it to Kelkamania. I'm into it. Great. So we'll book studio time for that. Cool. Within the world of wrestling, there are times where wrestlers will perform or sing uh, part of their own theme song. Maybe the most famous example of that is Shawn Michaels cooking his way through Sexy Boy. Here's a clip of that. Me not your boy toy. (laughs) (laughs) Me think me cute. Me like eat cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Now the the original version of that song, I think, is by his manager. Sensational Sherry, Sherry Martell. And here's what that sounded like. (laughs) 
You know, whoever did a job of mixing Shawn Michaels' version did him a much better service than they did with yeah, Sherry. Turning him down in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> it's like over, her lyrics are overpowering the instruments. Not as good. Oh, I know. I love it, though. But I do love I it. I do love it. But it's just but like Sean's a great is so song. iconic. I, it is, I've told the story on the pod before, but for new listeners, when I first moved to New York, which is like 12 years ago now, which is bonkers, I readily um, decided I'd made the right decision when I think my very first weekend in the city, I went, walked into a bar, an Irish bar on 2nd Avenue with some friends, and they were playing the Shawn Michaels theme song. And I was like, oh, I finally found my fucking people. And no one in the bar was like reacting at all. It was just a song that was on. And I really wanted to be like, who did this? Whom do I speak to about this decision that was made and where do I make them my friend? Um, and it was the bartender. And we, we did become friends and it was great. But yeah, it was genuinely was like, oh, okay, I'm home. The Kelk has come home to New York City. It was just Finally. so beautiful. It was so beautiful. With someone in that bar, that was their gateway to wrestling. They were like, what is this song? This is kind of catchy. Yeah. Oh, oh, wrestling. Yeah. I heard of this. Yeah. Like- I think someone uh, would like perform it at karaoke on the reg, which is how it made it into just bars rotation. Uh, but it, it was such a... It was just one of those really iconic moments in your life that you'll remember it forever. It feels like a scene from a movie. Like if your life was a movie, that yeah. would be a scene from my my uh, movie. <laughs> I was like, wait a fucking second. Uh, and the fact that everyone in the bar just no sold it was just so fucking magical. It was like Flo Rida, <laughs> no. then Shawn Michaels, then like yeah. fucking Tears for Fears or some such shit. It was such a weird mix. <laughs> but I was very into it. Now, before Shawn Michaels, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, was talking through his theme music. And let's hear a clip of that. Surprise, Julian. Everybody's got a price. Everybody's gonna pay. Cause the million dollar man. Surprising number of songs that are great that just have someone saying money over and over and over. Like you wouldn't think about yeah. it. There aren't that many songs that are just one word over and over and over uh, throughout the song uh, that are great. Like various money songs. Even in just WWE. Yeah. Here comes the money. Yeah. And pr- probably the, the money. most money. So many. <laughs> the most recent version of somebody singing as part of their of their ring entrance music that I can think of is Tyler Breeze in, in NXT and beyond. This is what that sounded like. Is it my eyes when you look at me? They are so gorgeous, they'll set you free. Could it be my walk or just my stare that makes you freeze when I appear? Super good looking. Zoolander is 20 years old. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. Zoolander is a movie that is 20 years old. Uh, But, you know, what a great gimmick. What a great tune. That song slaps. Oh, it's fucking magic. It slaps. It's so good. And it's it's uh, harder than you think. I'm sure many of our listeners remember that beautiful episode of, I believe it was Tote Steve's and not Tote's Bells, uh, where Nikki and Brie were going to like perform their own music. I think they had Brie perform the It's a Beautiful Life when she had her own solo music. And Nikki went in mm. to try and record the Bella Twins song, which I mm. maintain is good music because you hear that Bella Twins song and you know exactly who it is. And it said everything you ever needed to know about their character particularly Nikki. They're like, you can look, but you can't touch. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Nikki tried to perform it, and I know it was for TV, uh, but it just couldn't fucking do it. And I invite you to find that clip on YouTube and just watch Nikki trying to sing because Nikki Bella, really good at a lot of stuff. 
not singing. You know, there's a whole world of wrestling and music to explore, but we can't fit it all in here. So join us. Let's all talk about the music in wrestling and the wrestlers and music that we enjoy over at the Tights and Fight Circle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Discord. Links to all of those are in our show notes. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of our favorite things from wrestling this week. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me, Dave Holmes, for two, two, two doses of Troubled Waters a month. The cure for your news overload. Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by... Lindsay Kelp. For our new listeners, every week, we love to showcase some of the things in wrestling that brought us joy in a segment we call The Three Count. Lindsay, what would you like to put over? Not to be predictable, but it was the G1 Climax Finals this week, and I told you last week to watch it because it was going to be good, and it really was. It's been a fantastic G1, um, but... Unfortunately, it was a very, very sad ending to the final match, which was Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi, which I think I predicted, which I feel really good about myself. We got a really fucking great 36 minutes of wrestling, but unfortunately, Kota had a nasty landing from a Phoenix splash and dislocated his shoulder in the ring, and they had to call an ending to the match. So... I mean, if anyone who knows anything about Kota Ibushi, my elven prince, it's A, that he is a god who will live forever, and it's B, that he just does not fucking stop. Like, we have seen Kota do the maddest shit, so for him to have to call the match and not even be able to, like, lay down and eat a pin or something, it was bad. They were in the ring kind of, like, trying to pop his shoulder back in, uh, but I just wanted to put it over, not because I want you to go watch a man get injured, but because of how well it was handled by New Japan. The fact that they did just call the match, they did not try and play through it. They put his safety first. Uh, I want to give credit to Okada, who immediately like brought people in the ring to surround Ibushi so that the cameras couldn't, because the cameras were like on him while he was crying. And it was like, it felt very intrusive. But Okada was like, bring the young boys in, bring people around, surround him, like do not, have him be exploited in this way. And I just thought it was handled very, very well. Okada obviously won by default. He has said that he wants another match against Ibushi when he's well. He said he does not want it to end like this. Um, He now gets to challenge for the main title at Wrestle Kingdom in January against Shingo Takagi. Uh, But he has said he wants to do some other kind of a match with Ibushi. G1 is a physical challenge at the best of times and for someone who has come back from aspiration pneumonia just a couple of months earlier to get all the way to this point 
it's it's nuts um but yeah i'm putting it over because of a it was a great tournament and b they are two of the best wrestlers in the world and i just want abushi to get better soon i want him back in the ring credit to him and okada for just being total gentlemen about it and taking care of each other first before putting anything else ahead of themselves since we normally have a three count i'm going to put two things over so we get to three things uh first of all Mike the Miz Mizanin is a contestant on Dancing with the Stars, still active as of this recording, still a competitor, has not been eliminated yet. One of his dances as a Disney fanatic and the and a father of two young girls. Uh, he's done a lot of Disney. He's done more than one Disney-based dance. They did Disney Weeks. So, so I'm going to interrupt yeah. the Dancing with the Stars. Oh, great. Sure. <laughs> I'm a rude pig. Uh, I am a rude little pig. Uh, it was Disney Week, so he had to dance as a hero and he had to dance as a villain. Uh, and his, mm-hmm. you're going to talk about his hero moment. Yes. he he. Uh, for his hero dance, he was dressed as Genie from Aladdin. And he kept the makeup on and the outfit on and came home to be the genie for his youngest daughter. And it was a precious moment that you can find on his TikTok and Instagram. Here's a little clip of it right now. Hi, Madison. Would you like three wishes? Ooh, that lamp is yours. <laughs> Would you like three wishes? We're rich enough to give you yeah, anything. Yeah. You want a pony? Look at our like size of our house. <laughs> fucking anything. Uh, and the other thing I want to put over is something we normally have during our main event, but we don't have, which is the theme song that Juliet has been compiling and adding to over the past five years, five plus years. So I, I would like to, for those of you who have never listened to an episode four, Generally, the middle segment of our show is the main event. Today, our main event was talking about ringtones, but this is this is normally what plays for the main event, and it truly brings me joy every time I hear it. Let's get ready to rock. Whoa! Holy shit! WWE Dynamite. I hate On a hard fart victory. Live, pal. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Never not amazing. <laughs> Never misses. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk along with me, Hal Lovelin. You can listen to my other Max Fun podcast, We Got This, with Mark and Hal. Uh, you can also follow me on social media at Hal Lovelin to find out about all the other fun stuff that I am doing. Lindsay. Yes, at Lindsay Kelk on social media. That's where I am when I should be doing my work. And I'm not. And I have a book coming out very soon. I'm going to be in the UK in November, which feels nuts because I haven't been in the UK for two years. But I'm going home to do a book tour for On a Night Like This. Comes out November 11th. I'm going to be in Sheffield, Birmingham, London, York, Glasgow. And is that it? Maybe? I forget. But I'm in six places. Go to at Lindsay Kelk all over the place to find out where I am. But I'm so excited. I get to see some people and I get to sign some books. I'm actually like in the UK the same time as the WWE, but I have decided in the interest of not sitting in an arena full of people, not wearing masks and screaming, I'm not going to go to the show. Uh, <laughs> so that will be my sacrifice. But come see me. Literally come and see me on the book tour, please. Our producer Julian Burrell hopes he's not sad about baseball soon. Good luck. 
Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle's the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible, and we'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tides and Bites Podcast. Tides and Bites. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.